We are the Evening Explorationists. Please, allow me to show you something. Welcome to an episode where two average and definitely unqualified college students analyze and reflect on lessons in literature and relate them to past, present, and future experiences. Check out our website in the description to find out more about your Evening Explorationists. Sports players can simply not be good enough to be cut from a roster, but how do you measure the failure of intelligence in in wanting to do meaningful work to the maximum potential? What even is this meaningful work that we could do to reach that potential? And what even is our potential? How do we silence our racing brain and go to work? Hey, it's Nate. And hey, it's Cody. And I'm feeling a little bit under the weather this week, but uh, we're going to try and get through. But uh, in this episode, um, we are talking once again about Why Smart People Hurt by Eric Maisel. This is part two of a two-part series, and uh, we hope you enjoyed part one, as this episode will be transitioning, looking at this idea of overthinking. Right, and so let's reach out to those overthinkers. If you're an overthinker, you know. You just overanalyze a situation where they constantly question morals, perspectives, and decisions to do a task. So for those who aren't overthinkers, imagine you're at a hot dog stand. The guy behind the counter asks which condiments you want on the hot dog. You then begin to conjure up the, these thoughts of your health, how, how your doctor says you need to lower the sodium, uh, you, your image if you eat this hot dog, and, and the time you spend in the bathroom after eating it. A crude but very true example is stopping people from getting on with their day. And another downside to always thinking and seeing things for their true nature is self-doubt. If you can see through the facade of social media, uh, some beliefs and social constructs, you may feel sad for the world and yourself and therefore grow insecure and doubt yourself. Seeing social media as a tragic place where people constantly compare could injure your ability to interact. Seeing beliefs that put people in moral paradoxes and cages may reduce your faith in the world, and seeing the sadness that people are out partying for all the wrong reasons may damage your experience at college. An overthinker sees the worst in people and situations, even if you aren't looking for it because you really can't control it, which hurts their overall outlook on life. And I think this is this really feeds into low self-confidence to choose what they believe in. No, I, I want to jut in here and... Uh and almost rebuttal what you have to say. Um, now with this overthinker, what if, what if they're always trying to think of the positives? So like if there is a negative situation, but this overthinker is always trying to um, find, find the positives, overthink the positives of this person, um, I mean, I think that leads to toxic relationships and things like that, but I wanted to see what you had to say about that. Yeah, that makes sense. Like. If you overvalue something for what it is, you know, you give it all that significance when really, you know, maybe is someone is that toxic and someone is way worse than you make them out to be. And, you know, this is I think this is common among people that have been friends for a very long time. You can't really see um, a big change as if, you know, you kind of neutrally walk in and you're like, oh, how you doing when you meet this person at age, let's say 20, whereas you met him at 10 and you you just bonded with him or bonded with them all this time. So I think that is interesting too. An, an overthinker can be toxic in a positive way too. I didn't even think about that. 
Yeah, it's, it's important to look at both ends of the spectrum. Like last episode where you and I talked about how you have the racing brain and I don't, you often overthink and I don't. It's it's kind of those those two extremes where um, overthinkers, yes, it might lead to something negative, but if you overthink in a positive sense, uh, it also leads to something negative. So um, it's just, it's something interesting to look at. Yeah, and when you are comparing, if. I should say, if you are an overthinker comparing your brain to someone else's brain that's not a low overthinker, you kind of invite that low confidence. And, and that kind of comes with this thing that they call the God bug syndrome. It's, quote, the epidemic feeling of greatness walking hand in hand with the smallness that is a plague, quote. Essentially, the God bug syndrome is knowing what, that we do matter and that we do not matter. I mean, look at the word God compared to a bug. For example, someone who comes off as confident and upright, yet is depressed and insecure another time has a syndrome. But what's interesting here is that we're all God bugs, every single one of us, and, and we all have doubts and guilty pleasures and, and indulgences, but, but through the creation of meaning, we can't conquer all doubt or silence all thoughts, but we can reduce them and increase our perceived quality traits, which I think is important. This, this brings me back to a conversation that we had uh, a long time ago with uh, one of our close friends with uh, the, this idea of perspective is not reality or perspective is reality. I don't know. We've, we've gone back and forth so much about this and uh, it's, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say because... Um, at one token, um, someone may lead this very extravagant life and inside be extremely happy and lead an extravagant internal life as well. But many times, and I think we see this a lot of times in college, where uh, whenever you're starting to get involved, you're starting to meet new people, you're on a fresh slate, and you don't have to worry about people, you the perspective that those new people see in you is not really your reality. They don't really know you like the kids that you knew all the way, like growing up in your home school district. You know what I mean? So like you grow up with kids from elementary school all the way up to high school. You're with them for 12 years. They start to know you. They know your economic status and things like that. Whereas with kids, kids, it's college. You don't know them very well. So just to reiterate, perspective is not reality. And uh, I'm just conjuring up uh, an idea here. Um, I, I often watch YouTube videos of like people traveling and they often go to less fortunate parts around the world. Um, the more poor parts, the slums, if you will. Uh, and they meet some of the most incredible people. And it's crazy because these, these people in the slums are, are very poor. They don't have any money. And on the other side, they lead some very happy lives. They're the most giving people that they meet on these trips. And they're so happy whenever these people give back to them and like want to be accepted into their homes. And it's, it's back to this reality of God bug syndrome. Um, someone who comes off as competent and upright yet is depressed and insecure at another time has this syndrome. So I, I just read back the notes and it fits perfectly with this idea that we're talking about here. That kind of brings me to comedians. I mean, you think of them, they're the funniest people on stage, but do you know how much self, self-deprecation is in their acts? <laughs> like they literally have to go through struggles and, and have these ridiculous scenarios that people laugh at 
and I'm not I'm not taking anything away from their performances, but you know this is this is that part of those extremes where you're looking at these really funny guys for an hour or two at a comedy club, but then they go home and they're not that happy. Like you said, like rich people are typically less happy than poor people, which is really interesting. And this is where making meaning comes into play. This is this is one of the biggest solutions the book has to offer in in going through life with the life sentence of thinking. Um, making meaning is the intention to find life livable, not the assurance of results. It is an idea and an evaluation in that you cannot force meaning. It comes at times that your desires absent, yet filled subconsciously. Living in the moment is key to a meaningful life. For the overthinkers, being, doing, and creating meaning will effectively help you not think about thinking, <laughs> which is very ironic. This is orienting your thoughts somewhere. And meaning is totally subjective, right? Quote, there is no necessary connection between the value that society puts on a line of work and its meaningfulness to a given individual, quote. You may consider a smart profession to be a doctor, scientist, or lawyer. For example, you say you want a microscope for Christmas, and then your parents throw you into the highest science class because, well, they see an interest in you. Yet, we can't develop a true sense of meaning for an occupation until we are mature enough to know who we are and what meaning is to us. There are, in fact, incredibly smart people in blue-collar jobs, too, uh, because they have found meaning. That's funny that you bring up the uh, the blue collar jobs and uh, compare it with uh, you know the smart professions with uh, doctors and scientists and lawyers um, because I've uh, I've worked a lot of blue collar jobs growing up uh, I've been you know a lot of lawn care snow removal that type of stuff but throughout my time I I've learned so much about not only myself and about the business, but just, just life in general. You meet some of the most hardworking people that you've ever met and they teach you so much because they understand the value of the dollar that comes in and out. And they, they truly understand, uh, what's, what it means to work and what it means to enjoy what they're doing. And I think by doing what you love, you're ultimately making meaning. But how about those people that, you know, got out of high school and have to work a blue-collar job because there's no other route? However, should you decide life is not livable, similar to the situation, and in many situations you find yourself pessimistic about some formality or activity you deem pointless, you've already killed the meaning in your evaluation of life. See, anyone can accomplish meaning. The book says that depression itself is linked to a persistent negative attitude towards life. It is reasonable, though. If you've had trauma, you've been denied of your dreams, or some unfortunate moment that has forced you to perceive life as a cheat, then it makes sense that you suffered, right? Everyone suffers. You can't live life without suffering. But life is about asking yourself, can you manage to evaluate life in a positive way, even though you've been badly disappointed in the past, and even though you find life taxing and unrewarding? I really like this because it kind of relates back to stoicism and that, you know, the river is always flowing. Life keeps moving on, right? You're going to have to take it on the chin and move on. And this is the conversation you must have with yourself. And instead of looking at the, at, at the weed as a pest, look at the weed as a plant that has not had its virtues discovered yet. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> just, just thinking here, it's, it, can you manage to evaluate life in a positive way, even though you've been badly disappointed in the past, and even though you find life taxing and unrewarding? 
it's it's interesting because I've seen a lot of um, videos and like motivational stuff that um, that always talks about you're not you're not truly living life until you like you fail you learn and you grow and it's a repeating process and it's that's that's the most important thing and I and I say it in almost every episode we talk about if you're if you are comfortable you're not growing and failing and going through taxing things in your life is molding you and creating you to be the best you and that that is what you need to have a positive outlook on know that those negative things in your life now are creating a positive reaction in the future and that's that's just some of the things that whenever you're you're overthinking just understand that okay this is this is for the good this is this is going to change me Right. And we're not saying don't grieve, you know, <laughs> say something terrible has happened, something unforgivable grieve. Like, like there's no, there's no timestamp that you need to stop grieving, but eventually you're going to have to move on, right? It's still going to impact your life. And I don't mean this to be a motivational podcast, but really it, it's, this is, this is attainable at any level, right? And we talk about the idea of perspective is not reality. This is one of the things that is reality is life keeps moving on. And, and on a philosophical podcast, you really have to think, well, what is my life, right? Are you going to always be working? No. Like, living in the moment may draw you out. And it's totally okay to take a break to play, you know, video games, know, read. Do, do something relaxing to distract you from your day. This only works if you balance it, though, right? The meaning and the relaxing. Um, I, of course, I see meaning as working hard while the sun is still up and then find a mind exercising activity to do in the evening as a way to decompress. Yeah, there may be someone who sees meaning as working five hours a day and taking advantage of free time for the rest of the day, right? Just as meaning is totally subjective, the balance is also subjective. And this also comes back to what we had mentioned. Perspective is not reality. And it's really, really interesting because you have to think life has no meaning in general. If you sit down and you think about it, you, all you do is think about life and the universe and, and how little you are in the universe. Your life has zero meaning. You will have zero impact even if you blow up the entire world. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent right now just because this is super interesting. This is part of the conversation we had. If you were to blow up the entire world, it wouldn't mean anything. But that's the importance of perspective, right? That, that's the reality of perspective is that as long as you have a perspective you are giving meaning to your life. And and if you're following someone else, if you're if you're just in in the flow on someone else's boat, you are not making meaning. You're not giving meaning to your life. Life is what you make of it. And this is really interesting because taking time to relax is also living in the moment. And you may find that that the meaning is more meaningful. And it comes back to the message of life is about balance and moderation. You often talk about moderation and how we, especially in like the party scene, um, whatever it may be, whatever moderation and balance looks like in your life, uh, that's that's what is it needs to be said here. Uh, it's it's about balance. And to just mention. I can't believe I just <laughs> told you guys to think about the universe when this is a podcast about stop overthinking. <laughs> um, but no, really, like I, I do think the conversation we had about perspective where, you know, your life is so insignificant in the retrospect of the universe. So it's really actually what you make of it. And, and now the question on everyone's mind is how do we even make this meaning? 
quote, understand that there is no such thing as meaning of life. There are merely a multitude of life meanings, quote. You need to question, what is meaning to me? What is my plan? Challenge yourself here to dig in and evaluate life as an opportunity to live with meaning. And this is where you plan. You set you set your course and so you can just do. And then, number two, you start doing your current and daily actions with less intention to think about them. And then you can reflect on the results. Use that overthinking after the fact so that you can see if this is the path you want to continue on or if there's a better way to live in your perspective. And do. I recommend working out a schedule before every week so that you can just act. Enough of the chitter-chatter of the mind. I need to hear this. Uh, everyone needs to hear this. That overcomplicates things. If you are stressed out or entangled with thinking, do. That is not procrastinating your thoughts. Being is doing and doing is living. Now, overthinking a job or, or a major change in your life, right? That's unreasonable. But don't overthink which condiment to put on a hot dog. Either one isn't healthier than the other. And you've got a presentation at 1.30, so get a dog and move on. And if you find yourself in a comfortable place but see the meaninglessness behind your situation, then make a change, quiet your mind, or just continue to remain uncertain. Self-doubt only creeps into the mind of the ones with low self-confidence, evolving your environment to develop a state that can help with the lowness. And one aspect uh, that meaning covers is comparison. Quote, many people pine for community as they recognize that they themselves do not necessarily make good villagers. Quote, people will attempt to seek out similar people, people in nature, even if you aren't truly good companions, like we had mentioned. You can overcome this if you spend more of your time making meaning than placing yourself on a scale that you aren't stuck on one side of. I really like what you said when, whenever you said if you find yourself in a comfortable place but see the meaninglessness behind your situation, then make a change. And I think as, as college students, it's, it's super often, more often than not, uh, students will find themselves getting into comfortable situations and following the crowd, being being the sheep, following each other, uh, and not not being themselves, and just following falling in line with uh, just the stereotypical college student. Why not? And, and what's the meaning behind that? What's the meaning in in your college experience? Uh, whenever you're just going with the flow and doing what everyone else is doing, why not create it for yourself? Why not make stories, make connections, make friends and have all of these experiences doing it on your own because you saw the meaninglessness in the comfortable situation, become the black sheep and break away from the herd and do, do your own thing. Right. And that goes back to one of our biggest messages about being the unique creator of you. And man, it's just, it keeps coming back to me. And uh, that's, that's what I really like about uh, all of this um, overthinking and uh, racing brain syndrome is that we can, we can turn and change the perspective in our own minds to make it a more positive outlook on how we see not only ourselves, but the world around us. Right, and that's not easy. <laughs> for an overthinker, that's not easy. But the cure for a racing brain, for that overthinker, is doing. Right? You waited two whole podcasts to find the answer that is doing to be the answer. A simple two-letter word of do has been holding you back from staying in your room, contemplating if going out is worth it, if getting help on a question is purposeful, or if you even want to be who you are. 
in relation to the last episode, be mindful, right? Be, be aware that you have these vices. Be aware that you have these thoughts, but then do, right? Be accepting of yourself, then move forward and do. And to end this episode, I just want to say meaning is totally subjective, but everyone must find a way to live in the moment or those thoughts of anxiety and pain will control one's meaning and therefore their existence. Doing is being. Quote, we are not who we might have been or who, who we would like to be. We are exactly who we are. Quote. And another quote from Nike. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Um, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. And your evening explorationists, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.